0: The bats relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
1: What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. Where every Friday, Sean and I speak to everybody out there, clocking those late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night football DFS slate and the Monday night football DFS slate. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, one of the top. Actually, top five fantasy football <laughs> rankers in the game. Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on?
0: What's up? Yeah, ready to clock in for this night shift. Uh, but before we dive in, congrats on the number one slot right now for Fantasy Pros after, what is it, six weeks now? So we're, we're close to halfway. How's it yeah, feel? Thank you,
1: thank you. Uh, it feels good. You know, it's, <laughs> been, a, it's been a good season. So uh, it's nice to see uh, everything kind of falling into place there. Yep. But uh, congrats to you. Uh, we got two action Network guys oh, yeah. in the top five. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we always talked about that. Like, we need to get in the top five. We need to get in the top five at the same time. Yeah, yep.
0: so, well, I'll, I'll do my best to try to make it uh, both of us in the top three. Can't promise <laughs> anything, but um, it's like Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Oh, that hasn't yeah. happened yet. Maybe like uh, Julio and Calvin Ridley that one week. We're both in the top five. I'm i I'm doing my best, though. But, yeah, rooting for you. Uh, the, keep, up, keep up the great work.
1: Appreciate it. I think this is a, a you week, though, because I think last time I got up there, I think – then the next week like oh. you overtook me and then now and then i overtook you so like, i got yeah, our last
0: gonna... pod you were complaining you're like this week sucks so <laughs> you put that out there in the universe but uh yeah i i'm i'm gonna be gunning for you but it would be nice if we both finish uh one two either way i'll be happy i'm just don't rank melvin gordon too high bro
1: trying not to i'm just kidding i don't know what the hell to do with melvin gordon um <laughs> let's uh Let's get into this uh, Sunday night football DFS slate showdown. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Miami to face the Dolphins. And we got Tua expected to make a start finally uh, after we got a couple weeks of Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. So the Dolphins are seven-point favorites. The totals around 44 and a half. And you know the freaks come out at night, so... Sean, who are you expecting to have a freaky performance in the captain's spot?
0: Let's go with the ultimate freak, Ty Freak. Um, I'm going with Tyreek Hill here. I don't care if it's chalky; He just has the clearest path to a ceiling game here. Um, like I said last week, he is QB proof. And he proved it once again. He caught 12 balls. 177 yards with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, um, sort of splitting um snaps there because Skylar got hurt. But, um, I think Tyreek will get a boost with two of back. The Steelers' secondary is still banged up, you know, Witherspoon, Sutton, Wallace, and Mika Fitzpatrick are all questionable right now. So, I'm figuring maybe one or two of those guys are ruled out again. So, Ty Freak should be able to take advantage of that. And I guess Jalen Waddle's dealing with a shoulder injury, so, um, they could lean on Tyreek even more here. So I just think Tyreek makes the most sense in the captain slot. And then we'll just have to get crazy uh, with our flex plays. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think the Dolphins are kind of Patriots like in their injuries. Like they they always got all these injuries third uh you know Wednesday and Thursday, like miraculously. <laughs> they're not even listed yeah. on a final injury report. So I'm not reading too much into Waddle. I mean, Waddle's been a monster too. Uh yeah. you know, because right? I, I, I was kind of down on Waddle heading into the year, thinking, yep. you know, t- there's only so many targets to go around here. And like he has proven me wrong. Like it's Tyreek and Waddle just so far ahead of the rest of uh, you know, that receiving core. So um, you know, Waddle, I guess you could he's kind of a pivot, right? You know, yeah. Tyreek is gonna be the most popular play in a captain spot. I think he's the best play in the captain spot, but uh, I think Waddle's a nice pivot. And anytime you know, people are gonna go heavy wide receiver in the captain spot. I always like to kind of switch it up, you know, tell a story with your lineup and mm-hmm. If we don't get one of those pass heavy scripts, maybe it's more of a you know Dolphins are controlling the game, Steelers quarterbacks are making some mistakes on the road. Maybe you know that that Miami Heat, you know, we've seen what every game in Miami go under so far. Uh, well, this three. game will
0: be uh, at night, right? So that yeah, it, it won't
1: be as it won't <laughs> be as bad. But still, I mean, you know, it could be just a different kind of game maybe than the Vegas odds suggest. Uh, maybe Miami blows him out by even more, whatever. So I think Raheem Mostert, either way, mm. uh, is an interesting play because last week uh, he continued to kind of lead the backfield, but they found themselves in some negative game script for uh, the second week in a row. So Mostert's been taking over this backfield, but he hasn't had a ton to show for it at, at some spots just because, uh, you know, Skyward came in in that game. And then last week they were playing the Vikings, uh, they were basically chasing points the whole game against Minnesota. So uh I like Mostert as kind of a pivot run game option. Uh maybe even stacking with Dolphins D here. If because if if Pickett goes, he's actually really good against he's been really good against the Blitz and Dolphins love the Blitz. So if Pickett goes, then you could start getting creative. Mm-hmm. Uh you could throw some you know George Pickens in the captain spot, some Deontay. But uh yeah if if uh if Trubisky goes, I like that Mostert Dolphins D.
0: Yeah no I like that call and um Back to the Dolphins' home field advantage with the uh, the heat. I didn't realize their their bench is in the shade, so yes. I think it was the last six game. It was like twenty or thirty degrees um, warmer on the visiting side compared to the home side. So that's that's been a sneaky home field edge I haven't factored in. But yeah, like I said, this game's going to be at night, so I'm expecting you know probably perfect weather. But just in the future, that's something I have to consider here.
1: All right, Who do you like for
0: some dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Um, I'm going with the Steelers side here. So um, I think Jalen Warren makes a ton of sense. You know, he was making some noise uh, for weeks two through five. Uh, he was seeing, you know, between four to nine touches a game. Uh, the Steelers are trying to get, you know, him more involved with Najee Harris sort of struggling, but last week he only saw two carries for two yards. I think that might've had to do with, you know, they, they were just beating the bucks. So they were being a little bit more conservative using Najee a bit more, but, um, this could be, it should be, a negative game script. So we could see Warren a bit more involved here. So I, I do like him as a dart throw play. And then last but not least, we, we just have to just mention him. But Calvin Austin, he's been practicing the past couple weeks. I don't even know if he's going to be active here. Uh, but if he is, he's definitely worth a f- uh, you know a flyer. the The Steelers haven't really been rotating in their number four receiver at all this year. But Austin could change that. You know, he's a really talented fourth round rookie. Um, I could see him being in the game just for them to design plays to him. It's sort of what we've been seeing with the Bears and Vilas Jones. So if he's active, he might see one or two targets. So he's he's worth a flyer. The, both teams are sort of top heavy, so there weren't that many dart throw options. But I think Calvin Austin could be sneaky here.
1: Yeah, I like that call. Is, uh, does he play special? He, he's played special teams He's got all? it,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Because, you know, I know they've been kind of looking for – an upgrade on Oshevsky, you know, they started the year with him and he was returning kicks and they would design like a jet sweep for him every game. And, and it didn't really work out. So then they tried Steven Sims in a role, but he keeps getting hurt and it's <laughs> Steven Sims. So yeah. uh, I think, yeah, it, it could kind of be like a Taekwondo Thornton Wanda Robinson kind of situation where, yep. yeah, it just gadget, gadget plays, which on a showdown slate is very valuable. So I love that. Yep. Uh, I will go, I got a couple of guys on the Dolphins. Uh, first, Trent Sherfield. He is running around on 75% of the dropbacks over the last four games. And he's tied for the team lead with four red zone targets. He has, uh, he, the Steelers, both of these teams really play a lot of man coverage. And the uh, Sherfield is one of the few receivers uh, that's like a, not a main starter that actually has done better against man coverage than zone in his career. He's averaging about 20% more yards per route run uh, against man than zone. So that could be valuable, you know, for a player, you know, maybe a, a big player too for him. And then River Craycraft is a, a guy, I think he gets a little Tua bump, right? Because remember, mm-hmm. Tua has completed two passes to him and both went for touchdowns. Uh, Tua has thrown three red zone targets, they all coming inside the opposing 12-yard line. Uh, and, yeah, Craig Ruff has two touchdowns. His three red zone targets are three times as many as Tyreek Hill uh, and Raheem Mostert. So, he's got he's got more red zone targets than some of the starters um, on this Dolphin team. And Tua is really the guy that, that he's had that chemistry with. He's still been on the field. He'll run, you know, about 20 to 25% of the routes. So, nothing crazy. But uh, he hasn't really popped since Tua went on the shelf. So, mm-hmm. I think that could kind of be that's, – that's going to be my secret weapon uh, in this showdown slate. It's going to be some River Craig Ruff.
0: I uh, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Kirkhoff is a guy back in my uh college football DFS days. I, I was doing projections in Craycraft. is at Washington State. I remember, you know, projecting it for like nine and a half receptions. So <laughs> he's got some talent. Yeah, he's kind of sneaky. He he's definitely a guy that probably gets a two above um as well. Yeah. So I, I do like that call. Nice. And yeah. then what about the what about the tight end position? What's up with Gasicki? I think if Durham Smythe is out again, like he is definitely in play, right? Yeah, He's I think Darren Smythe is,
1: is back though. Uh, I believe oh, he, he practiced. Is. Let me see. I I I believe he practiced uh, at least on a limited basis. Let me see that uh, Thursday.
0: Even if Smythe oh, is back, we have to consider Gasicki. Just um, you know, his routes run rate. The thing they were going up before Smythe went down. Um, and you know, I I left him for dead heading into the season. He was you know struggling. To fit into the scheme, but I just think based on his recent play, um, I've been bumping him up quite a bit. Uh
1: yeah, so Smythe practiced Wednesday, Thursday on a limited basis, so he should be back. I I would actually worry about Gasicki just because I think the it, like his playing time bump kind of coincided with the game Smythe went got hurt in and then the game after. Like I don't really yeah. I didn't really see too much of a bump outside of that. I I actually think Smythe might be the play. Um, because no, he, he, yeah. he gets a few reds. He might get a red zone target, and he's their designated uh Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray quarterback sneaker because mm. they don't want to sneak to a concussion. Yeah, um, true. so uh, I mean, and maybe they use Gesicki at that play too. I have we haven't seen it, but uh, I actually think Smythe is the play. Also, um, Gesicki just I believe he has not done well against man coverage this year um and i in pittsburgh they played a ton of man coverage with their b squad against the against the bucks last week so i feel like they're gonna keep playing it uh so yeah i i actually i like Smythe if he's active if not obviously you know Gasicki's still Mm -hmm. he's like a receiver but um i think he might actually be like people might look at the game logs and say oh you know Gasicki maybe i'll throw him in there and he might actually be over rostered if
0: if not yeah that's true fair point
1: um fullbacks. oh we got a fullback on it. Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty fullback. good
0: one too if you ask yes. me. Yes. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big setup! Touchdown! Like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines.
1: Yeah, we're we're doing our best to to keep the fullback position alive and drive make fullback straight again. I it, it's Alec Ingold. I, I feel like you like him for this play, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he, he sort of plays that Kyle Juszczyk role in the Mike McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan scheme. Um He typically sees, you know, 20% route participation, could see one to two targets uh, and potentially a carry here. So when we're talking about fullbacks. That's really all you can ask for. So um he, he's one of the more talented fullbacks. So I, I always consider Ingold. When the Dolphins are on a showdown slate, so I do like him as a player.
1: Yeah, I, he actually has a target uh, twenty more than twenty yards downfield, so he's one of the few fullbacks in the league that gets. Yeah, I think he that's, averages that's got like over target.
0: eight yards a catch on his career. Uh, I could be mistaken, yeah, but yeah. I remember like on the Raiders, he, you know, he's typically like eight to nine yards of reception kind of guy for sure.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll like wheel him out or or split him out wide, and he can he can go down the field sometimes. So yeah, yeah I always look out for him. Uh, Derek Watt is in his game as well. He's not not as attractive. Although I I don't I, I've seen Connor Hayward's uh snaps going up, but he's not really he he is a fullback, but he's just playing tight end for the Steelers, right? Like he's not actually playing fullback, yeah. I don't think. No,
0: he he's a tight end. Yeah. Um and that was Pat Fryermouth was out. Uh, yeah, and Zach Gentry is just a tank. So they needed just a like a I guess a smaller guy running out there. But yeah, Hayward did look good. Yeah, um, but like Farnooh is back, so it doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: uh, Gentry, Gentry could be interesting. I mean, he's he'd be that like red zone play yeah. action guy that get yep. you like one catch for six yards or
0: <laughs> exactly. No, that uh, guy is an absolute our guy. Our, our
1: guy Ferguson finally came through last week, though. Finally, I, I've been I've been recommending him like every every Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DFS play. he finally finally pops. So you never know with these backup tight ends, man. Don't sleep. Uh all right, let's jump to the Monday night game. Uh this will be a real uh bar burner. We got the <laughs> Chicago yeah. Bears going to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Uh, the, the Patriots eight-point favorites, a total around 39 and a half. In a captain spot, I think you gotta go right back to your boy Stevenson. Uh, yep. you know, even if Damian Harris plays, Stevenson. I think, you know, Harris coming back from injury, Stevenson would probably get the clock killing work. If there is some, he was in the game last week, under four minutes to go new England up 31 to 15 and got another touchdown. So he was in till the last drive. Uh, and then the last drive was just three nailed nail-downs. So um, he seems to be, you know, they, they, they don't like to take him out. And he was averaging 17 touches per game for 95 scrimmage yards in the two games leading up to Damian Harris going down. So not even including the one he went down and, and Stevenson put up the, the big stat line, so uh, he's been trending up. We, I, I know we've been talking about him all off season. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the matchup's good. Home favorite Chicago, kind of a, a little bit of a run funnel. Fourteenth and DVOA against the pass, twenty seventh against the run. So really nothing not to like about Ramondre Stevenson.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, he was my RB one last week. Ended up posting the top score at Congrats. the position. <laughs> yeah, but definitely helped in fancy pros, but. Um, You know, he scored the two touchdowns, but he should have had three or four. There were two other drives where he saw one to two goal line carries and he didn't punch it in there. Um, So he actually, you know, missed on an even bigger day. Um, And I'm actually projecting Damian Harris to return this week. And I'm still getting Stevenson as my RB8. Um, You know, he's going to dominate the passing down work still. Um, I think having Mac Jones back helps. He loves dumping it off to the running back. But I think, you know, Stevenson... Um, we'll probably see the majority of the early down work as well. You know, Harris, he I saw he got in a full practice today, but he's probably not 100% quite yet. And they, you know, they should win this game easily. So this could be another massive workload for Stevenson. It's not out of the question that he could just become the workhorse back for this offense going forward. So, um, yeah, the needle is definitely pointing up on Stevenson. I like him here in the captain slot. Not many, not many other options to choose from here, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean – you know, Jacoby Myers has been extremely productive. I think he's an option. If like, so here's the thing: I actually worry about the game. Like, I'm playing the Patriots in Survivor this week, and I, I don't want Mac Jones to play. Like, I oh yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> think they could like blow this game with Mac Jones. I, I don't think they'll blow it with Bailey Zabby just because of the way. First of all, I, I mean he might be better, but second of all, yep. they just they, they're a little bit more conservative, and he just sticks to the script. He's you know he's up. He's kind of one of those uh, the patriot way kind of guys. Guys, yep. I feel like uh, where Mac Jones, he's more of like a a rogue rebel.
0: I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away.
1: Kind of, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I like it worries me. So I think if Jones starts, maybe some Myers in the captain spot. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you don't even necessarily need to stack him with Jones, number one, because he doesn't score touchdowns anyway. You're just hoping for, like, <laughs> 10 catches for 130 <laughs> yards. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so, and, you know, what do you think about Justin Fields, though, in the captain's spot? Like, is, is he, you know, like, we liked him coming into the air. He's got rushing upside. We saw it on display. But, like, is he going to get touchdowns at all? Or is Belichick just going to, like, <laughs>
0: No, it's a it's a tough spot. Um, obviously he has a high ceiling, so you have to, you know, at least consider him for the captain slot. Um, it's a game script where he could be forced to throw. He's gonna scramble a lot. So I do like him. I know he's banged up. Um, I think Mooney might be a little sneakier, um, just for the captain <laughs> slot. You know, a couple flyers it. here or there, right? Not, I know it I is under- not as, it is sneaky. I
1: mean I it's understand like too sneaky,
0: that. but you know, he's gonna get a couple <laughs> deep shots, yeah. they're gonna be forced to throw a little bit more. Um, so I think Mooney would be sneaky in the captain slot, but again, I just like rolling with our guy Stevenson and getting creative in the flex slots.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. My pivots are probably going to be Myers and, um, some David Montgomery. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it.
0: Um, all right. Who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Um, well, my first dart throw is a fade. Um, of David Montgomery, I'm going with clear Herbert. Uh, Matt Eberflus has said that the Bears could go with a hot hand approach, um, at running back going forward, which certainly makes sense. Herbert has looked like the better runner, in my opinion. Um, he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry according to NextGen Stats. He's the most most um direct north south runner, and again, I think that helps with Justin Fields, um, under center because the defenses, you know, they have to defend the edges. So I think Herbert get some pretty big running lanes down the middle as a result. So um, I don't know if his roster ship will be too high here. He is still technically the backup, but I think we could see sort of a sea change here where this could devolve into a true committee. Um, So I think Herbert's an excellent dart throw here. And then on the Patriot side, it's, it's gotta be Taekwondo Thornton. Um, He might be a little too obvious since he's coming off a two touchdown game. Um, However, if Aguilar and Bourne remain out, which looks like it certainly could be the case this week, Thornton should continue to see 70 to 80% route participation. You know, he's a second-round rookie uh, who is lightning quick, so he has big play potential. He could score from anywhere on the field, so um, he might not be technically a dart throw, but I think he's he's the best one uh, for the Patriots this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, for him to come in like this, and um, first of all, in that crowded wide receiver room, to immediately come in and take snaps away from, Devontae Parker and, and, and all those yeah. other guys in there, the veterans that says something about what they think about him. And, and remember the Patriots, they've been, they've been just waiting to show you that they can draft the wide receiver. <laughs> so like primetime yeah. game, you know, Monday night, they don't, they haven't been on them that often late as of late. Uh, I yeah. actually think, I think they want to, they'd want to showcase him. So I like that call a lot. Uh, and you know, I, I think Herbert is actually going to be pretty chalky because Remember, yeah. he was on a primetime game and had that big run that you got the over oh, on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I actually do. Boy, do uh, I remember that.
1: Yeah. Uh so my thing, I wonder I, I know uh Iberfou said they're gonna use Herbert more as they should. Uh, but I, I wonder how comfortable they feel with him in the passing game, though, because that's where we've still seen Montgomery get like, you know, most of the usage. So uh, but I definitely do see Herbert cutting into his carries. I mean, his yards after contact is amazing. Uh he's he's one of the better running backs in the league, I think. It's just, you know, they have Montgomery's not bad himself. It's just, so they have two two pretty good runners, with, which they need, obviously. But uh for me, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go a little off the board. We hit we hit with Pettis last week. So let's go this week with Equinimious St. Brown coming off a goose egg. Uh, you know, I think this matchup against the Patriots actually, of all the Bears receivers, it probably benefits him the most because. You know the Patriots can take away your top option, and they just got cornerbacks playing out of their minds. Meanwhile, J.C. Jackson's getting benched, but Jack Jones, you got all these Joneses just (laughs) beasting in New England. Um, So I'm really worried about Mooney. Like, I think they're going to just eliminate Mm -hmm. him from the game. Uh, So, but they're not going to care about the rest of them. Now, New England plays man coverage at the second highest rate. That's why they're able to do a lot of these, you know, player-specific things in terms of, of scheming. But... Hedis, not really great against man coverage. Neither is Cole Komet. Uh, So that kind of leaves equanimity St. Brown. And for his career, he's averaging 1.5 yards per route against man coverage compared to 0.7 against zone. So he's more than double. Uh, So if he pops, he usually pops in a matchup like this one. He's been running about two-thirds of the routes over the last two games, and the number's a little higher on the season. So the Bears... Has been it's been a little volatile. So I don't know if he's trending down or you know, it's just kind of game script, normal volatility type type of things. But either way, he should be a top three receiver on the Bears. He, he does well against man coverage. So and he's coming off a goose egg. So I, I don't think people are gonna want to touch him at all. People will probably chase Pettis, to be honest. And yeah. uh I think I think that's a mistake. I think last week was the week uh that you wanted Pettis.
0: Um and the Bears, they cut Amir Smith Marset. Um, <laughs> do you Thank think? Thank goodness. Vilas Jones or revenge game narrative, Nikhil Harry um, picks up, you know, over 30% route participation here. Or The way I'm projecting it, I
1: have Jones the highest because I I saw that they, Mm -hmm. when they cut Smith-Marset, they also uh, promoted Isaiah Coulter to the active roster, which makes me think that they're going to help you scratch Harry again because uh, they were like before last week, you know he was getting interviewed, and they're like, "Oh, you're looking forward to your first game," and he's like, "Yeah, I can't wait to get back out there." And then he's a healthy scratch, and then, and then it's like, okay, they release Smith Marset. You're like, okay, he's gonna slot into that like wide receiver four role, and then they call up Isaiah Coulter out of like the left field practice squad, like Texans. I don't even know
0: where he's been, but like. Yeah, Texans.
1: Yeah, like that's that's not that can't be good for. Or Nikhil Harry, right? Like, if you're calling no, him no. Isaiah Coulter. So,
0: no, I think D.L.S. Yeah. Jones would be my favorite Giles, girl yeah. of the group yep. uh, because he keeps giving limited work, but they keep bringing him in like right near the end zone, uh, like within the 10 yard line, and giving him this pop pass play designed to go to him. So, he's seeing some pretty valuable targets. Um, and I have to figure his playing time will go up going forward. I mean, he just returned from pretty significant injury just a couple weeks ago. So, I think he would be the guy that would step up this we can potentially see you know over 40 percent routes run here
1: yeah i don't i have them like 25 percent, so i do have them for a season high um i know smith marset was getting up to 40 like these last two games my my guess would be um equanimity is kind of bumps back up into like that's like high 70s low 80s range because there's a better kind of matchup for him mm-hmm. and uh but yeah i, I still think veal sets a season high in routes around yeah gets, gets to like 25 or so um and then i you know i think there's going to be a uh, uh, a little bit of a sea change at tight end, too. Ryan Griffin, only only 2% routes run last week. He he botched that touchdown catch and was, like, never mm-hmm. heard from again. So, uh, I think we're getting Trayvon Wesco uh, this week. Maybe even some oh, Jake Congus. Uh, uh, not just
0: more snaps for Cole Komet?
1: <laughs> you can't get any more snaps.
0: That is true. <laughs> like, if Cole Komet runs a route and doesn't get targeted, he <laughs> still exists. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> much maxed out at 90%. Yeah, so
1: yeah, he can't, can't but
0: we are not interested in any of these backup tight ends. If no command no. can't get it done, these other backups can't.
1: Not ESB is my guy. And yeah, I like the VLS call as well because uh just it's, 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 like all these rookies muffin punts on primetime, though, like Montrell Washington, <laughs> VLUS Jones. I mean, it's like yeah. an epidemic. Like what uh Thornton wasn't re- returning kicks, right? He was just playing receiver. Uh, no, I don't yeah. think he was. Yeah, so yeah, I can't. I can't. I was trying to think of. Who, who it could happen to this week but uh oh Cal- yeah it could happen at austin maybe if they put him back there oh yeah yeah uh but there is a fullback on his slate yeah we're, we're doing our best to to keep the fullback position alive and thriving our boy Kari blossom game i don't really think he's gonna do much <laughs> he hasn't but, done uh, anything
0: in like what three years i think he
1: had one game where he ever got a touch and it was that game with, with the titans played the patriots and like while they're running backs car. yeah i don't think like, he's got
0: a touch for the he went down someone else went down yeah. and just by default they gave him a couple of carries that was it that was the end of the carry blossom game uh era unfortunately
1: probably probably very fortunate
0: i mean no he's a great <laughs> blocker like he's gonna yeah, be the, he's...
1: like that's the thing it's like it's not the craziest thing because he's gonna be on the field and like one of these days like teams love to pull out their like weird trick plays against bill belichick because they feel like they need that kind of edge so i mean if there's ever a time for him to get that like uh little play action because they have to figure out a new way to they have to call better plays at the goal line so mm-hmm. i would actually just like go touchdown hunting this week you know like they're gonna have to if they get down here they're gonna have to do something different than just you know drop back fields and let them try to throw mooney
0: open so <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a what a game ending play Oh my goodness. I
1: mean, it really, it was, that was all Mooney. Like fields mm-hmm. actually made a, a catchable pass where if he catches it the first time and just comes down yeah. he's and, and and it's a touchdown, he's right at the goal line. Like he's not, he's not past it, but the ball breaks the plane. And if he has possession, that's a touchdown, but uh, he double clutched it. And that's kind of been the story of his season. It's like, just even when he's catching a pass, and really that was supposed to be an incompletion, but it's like, Even when he's catching a pass, he's losing games, losing, losing for you. Gotta love it. Now on the Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you wanna enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details uh all right let's talk about some luck rankings man yeah uh, they were crushing uh they helped me cash that uh broncos better that that was more of a oh, stuff yeah. that i wanted it to be <laughs> i hate when i have a, a underdog and then it's like it's everything's going great and then a game decides <laughs> to go to overtime it's like oh no now we can lose by six again like
0: yeah Especially uh, the, the kicker
1: Oh my god. Uh, literally
0: injured. <laughs> yeah, that yeah.
1: I was that, oh that's the word. That was the week before, remember when the Raiders and Chiefs just kept going for two. It was like, no, just yeah. <laughs> just take your damn point and be happy. But uh yeah, so uh, explain to people that aren't familiar what the luck rankings are and uh let's talk some
0: some luck lucky teams for week seven. We're up on- So, yeah, basically every week we're, we're you know assessing what the expected score is for every game and uh, assessing the percent chance they should have won and then just taking a step back, looking at the overall standings and seeing what the record should be and what it is. And the whole idea is that the public perception of these teams will gravitate towards their actual record. Uh, but based on various things, you know, turnovers, um, one-score game record, you know, uh, opposing field goal percentage, all these various factors – that we would expect to regress towards the league average. Um, we're, we're trying to identify which teams are going to see the luck, you know, change for the better or change for the worse. So um, any game where there's been an over a 16 or greater luck differential have gone 14 and two against the spread this year. So that's ultimately what we're trying to do here, right? Is just identify good, uh, you know, spread bets. Do you think, is that a, um like a, a better perception issue
1: or a market perception issue as a whole like is it are the books also not factoring this in when they're setting their opening lines do you think or is it just more so that that like betters are just flocking to like a certain side based on the past
0: um, it's definitely the latter. It's the market. The book, okay. like I, I think they they know what they're doing. Uh, I can say definitively they do. They're just trying to set a line that you know will split the action evenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like this is just trying to take advantage of the market itself. We'll probably overinflate the spread for you know teams that have been lucky, and will be too eager to fade teams that have been unlucky. So that's the concept behind it. So we're we're trying to get you know a couple points of value. Against the spread each week, based on the public perception itself. All right, so me. Who, who you got for the luckiest? Got to be the Giants, yeah. number one, right? So the top five lucky. <laughs> I'll <wanna> go backwards. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Number five, the fifth luckiest team is the Seahawks. Okay. Fourth is the Dallas Cowboys. Third is the Eagles. Second is the Titans, and first is still the New York Giants. Now they're five and one now, and all of their games have been one score games. So that's pretty lucky. Um, and to be fair it wouldn't have been a one score game last week if Saquon Barkley didn't opt to slide down at the two towards the end. So we have to give them credit for that. Uh, but either way, you know, you could say that Brian Dable has done an excellent job coaching them. They're far better than we thought going into the season, but no matter how you slice it, going five and one in one score games takes a lot of luck. So I think just the public perception of them um, is starting to shift to be honest, because the past couple weeks, a lot of people reference them of, you know, being a fraudulent three and one team, fraudulent four and one team. But I think people are starting to believe, um, you know, that they're the real deal at five and one. So this is this might be the time where I might fade them. But either way, they have been the luckiest team. so far. Gi- Giants time. were the first bet I made of the week. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I was going to be crap. I,
1: you know, my thing it's... and I, I knew I knew they were going to be number one. In <laughs> my thing was that, like, I'm still getting points with this team. And, you know, it's like it's like if they were a favorite, if they were like a three point favorite or something, yeah, I'm fading them all day. But like, I I think the Jaguars are actually, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they are, but um, they have two games against the Colts that are kind of skewing their season long Mm -hmm. numbers. So it's a, it's a weird situation, but I mean, yeah, it's, I'm definitely going to be on the square side of
0: the Giants. I I, I said, this is is just one step in the process. We all have our own processes. I, you know, they've been taught the uh, locker things for, few weeks now and i haven't bet against them the only time i bet on a giants game was week one when i took them uh five and a half i have i have their over six and a half wins we're we're (laughs) almost there but i i I thought this team was underrated and even when they were three and one even when they were four and one everybody was still kind of under appreciating them but i think now the public has caught on so yeah it looks like such a trap play because who would want to back the jaguars minus three right now they've lost three in a row close game so uh, one of them against the Texans. So this is a tough game, but yeah, according to the luck rankings, um, the, the play here would be Jaguars minus three. Uh,
1: and what about the, uh, the two games we just talked about, by the way, uh, any what's the discrepancy for the Steelers, Dolphins and um, Bears, Pats?
0: Yeah. So those are, those are pretty close. Okay. Um, you know, the Bears are 17th. So right in the middle of the pack and the Patriots are 22nd. So they've been a little unlucky, but they're, they're very close. Okay. So that's a gap of 5. That's not big enough for us to consider betting solely on these. Um and then the the Steelers again, they're they're 11th and the Dolphins are 12th. So they're neck and neck. So there there really isn't a discrepancy on the primetime games this week. Uh, there was last week. Um it was the uh you just said it, the the Broncos. That was a huge um luck discrepancy. Uh, okay. but yeah, so the, this week the primetime games aren't uh part of the luck rankings. Thing, But we have two games uh, that are over a 25-luck rankings gap. I don't know if we've seen that big of a gap yet, but uh, one of the biggest is the Giants are the the luckiest team and the Jaguars are the fifth unluckiest. So that's one of the biggest discrepancies we've seen yet.
1: And I'll let uh, people go to actionnetwork.com for the other one. And uh, be sure to check those out. Uh, great great stuff. And and, and the, uh article out comes every week on it as well. So be sure to check that out and uh yeah we'll keep checking in on these each and every week see if we can get any edges uh, in dfs or, or betting or whatever and uh that's gonna do it for the week seven fantasy flex night shift podcast you can find sean on twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. you can find me at chris raybon you can find our top five most accurate projections at actionnetwork.com uh be sure to check us out in the action app as well at the underscore oddsbreaker and at Chris Raybon there. Until next time, let's get this money.